1: Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. When I tell people about the story I'm working on, the question I get most often is, Has this guy been arrested? The answer, I can tell you, is no. He hasn't been charged with any crime. But a criminal investigation has been open in Spain since May of 2018. And the women we've spoken with have complained about the lack of communication about what is happening with that investigation. Which allegations are being investigated? How does an investigation like this work, considering most of the victims are in the U.S.? How long should an investigation like this take? Those are all questions that, for a long time, my editor and I didn't have a lot of answers to. It was tricky to get those answers. And of course, there was the, well, what does Manuel have to say about all of these accusations? So it seemed like the only thing to do was to go to Spain. If I find him, I'll call you right away. Even if it's the middle of the night, my time. All right,
2: I I, I promise. If I find him,
1: and it's the middle of the night, your time, I'll I'll call you. I'll probably be awake anyway. Yeah, I have a baby. <laughs> That's my editor, Alexandra Solomon, and I talking right before she left for Spain. I didn't go because of you know the baby. But Alexandra, who has been working with me every day over the last year to try and answer these questions and make sense of a story like this, did. I hope I get the chance to see him in person and ask him about these accusations that so
2: many women have made against him. And I hope he will speak to me.
1: We didn't know if Manuel would talk. And if he did speak with us, how would we grapple with his version of events against what the women have told us? After all, these cases always seem to play out as he said versus she said. And that's part of the problem, that her credibility is always put on trial. At the same time, we have a responsibility to do everything we can to get all sides of a story. It's a basic principle we couldn't lose if we were going to tell this one, to at least give him the opportunity to respond to all of these accusations the women are making. I want him to have to answer to every single accusation. And actually, that's what so many of the women we've spoken with want. I would absolutely take any chance I could to see him and say what I wanted to say to him. I want him to be exhausted from having to answer all of these women. I have, like, a bright orange blazer, and I always pictured myself, if I were in a courtroom with him, I would choose the most colorful thing I was wearing because I would want him to look and see me. We wondered what Manuel's response could be. And is it possible that his response to these accusations would help us learn anything? Face to face,
2: you know, what do you have to say?
1: From WBEZ Chicago, I'm Candace Mattel-Kahn. This is Motive. Episode 6, The Investigation. All right, it's Monday, September 16th, one thirty p.m. Chicago time, and I am going to call Alexandra, who is, I think, at her hotel room it's like 8.30 in Spain, and she's waiting for me to call, and we're going to check in and see what went down today on her first day in Madrid. There we go. Hello? Hi, can you hear me?
2: I can. Wait, I'm stealing a water from the Mimi bar because I'm out of water and I'm dying. Wait, so hang on
1: a <laughs> That's going to be like 10 euros for a bottle of
2: water. I know, but I don't think I can do this without like having... um some water. Hang on,
1: hang on. That means you probably have a lot to tell me. Yeah. And she did have a lot to tell me. In fact, every night, often when it was very late Spanish time, Alexandra and I connected for hours on Skype. She would catch me up on her day, what she found out, who she found. You'll hear a bunch of those Skype calls in today's episode. Because even though I wasn't in Spain, we wanted to talk through things together, like we had been doing for the past year. Alexandra's first stop in Spain was Madrid, Spain's capital and the country's largest city. It's where the federal government is located and where this case is being investigated.
2: Yeah, it has been busy. And I have been trying to understand this investigative process.
1: Were you able to get some answers?
2: Yes, I do feel like I was able to clarify a number of things we've been trying to understand. I'm about to enter the Audencia Nacional, uh, the building, pretty classic looking court building, nondescript, gray, modern building. Hoping to find the prosecutor.
1: Okay, so you've been to the court. Um this is the Audencia Nacional. Am I saying that right? Almost. You're you're getting better.
2: Audencia Nacional.
1: Audencia Nacional where the case against Manuel is being investigated. Yeah, so Alright, I'm gonna head in.
2: I found out something really interesting about why the case is there in the first place, because most of the cases that you see come through there are big cases of political corruption, financial corruption, and not sexual assault. Those kind of cases go through the regional courts wherever the assault occurred. But because this case involves crimes that took place outside of Spain. It's going through the Audencia
1: Nacional." We wondered if the fact that this case is being prosecuted in a court that doesn't typically deal with sexual assault cases would make a difference. It was hard to get a definitive answer on this. But from what several criminal attorneys told us, the fact that this case is in this particular court might actually help the case. They said this court has a lot of experience with big international investigations and that cases in this court tend to get a lot of media coverage. The prosecutor in Gabrielle's case has prosecuted all kinds of prominent international cases, like the 2017 Barcelona terrorism attacks and a few rape cases. Do
3: you speak
1: English?
2: Her name is and Away. She's... Petite and pretty soft-spoken, but tough.
3: I prefer not to tape because in the Spanish legislation...
2: You know, she doesn't do interviews with an open investigation, so she wouldn't talk to me about specifics of the case. But I did speak with a couple of other sources who are close to the case, so I feel like I have a good understanding of where things are at.
1: All right, so where, where are things? Well, here's what I know.
2: They are in the process of questioning the women who have accused Manuel Blanco Vela of crimes. This all has to go through the FBI in the US. Nobody I talked to would give me a number of how many there are, but when I said more than 10, they said yes, it could be more than 10. And I was told that they would all be questioned within the next two months.
1: Well, it's been six months since Alexandra went to Spain. And despite what she was told by her sources, as far as we know, Gabrielle is the only woman accusing Manuel of a crime who has been questioned by the prosecutor. This investigation has been open for almost two years now. And only one accuser has been questioned by the prosecutor. We've spoken to 26 women. No one has been able to give us a satisfying answer as to why more women haven't yet been questioned. One source told Alexandra that Spanish authorities are waiting on the FBI.
2: And the date has to work both for the Spanish office here and the FBI office. And there's different regional offices and they're coordinating. So there's a lot involved. Hmm. That's what they say.
1: The FBI wouldn't comment on the case. But four women, besides Gabrielle, have told us that they've spoken with the FBI. And we know that the FBI has to receive an official request from Spanish authorities before they speak with each woman. You might remember from last episode, Haley McAleese and Carly Van Ostenbridge made a police report in Spain, but the judge had mistakenly archived it. Well, Alexandra confirmed that the prosecutor has now reopened that case. As for Lauren Bajorek, the woman who fell off of Manuel's balcony on her 21st birthday, her case has not been reopened.
2: The other thing that I was told for certain is Spanish law allows you a certain amount of time under which you have to complete your investigation. And I was told with certainty that they're going to ask for an extension.
1: And shortly after Alexandra left Spain, the prosecution did ask the judge for an extension of 18 months, which was granted. So their new deadline to finish their investigation into the multiple allegations against Manuel Blanco Vela is April 2021. Is this common to ask for an extension for it to keep going longer than the deadline?
2: Yeah, that's what I've been told.
3: One or two years, maybe. Yes.
1: Alexandra talked
2: with the spokesperson for the court about this. It could take up to two years. It's yes. not unheard of that something would take yes. a couple years.
3: Yes, yeah, that's right. Yes. It
2: could be. Everybody that I've. Talked to has said the amount of time it's taking is standard.
1: But for the women and for Gabrielle in particular, it feels like this is taking forever. She's always saying, is anything happening over there? She's so frustrated. And she's worried that all this time that's passed could have real consequences for the case. Alexandra asked Gabriel's attorney in Madrid about this. If he thinks that the time that's passed could affect the case.
0: You won't forget what happened to you, no matter how much time has passed.
1: Abel Bedoya is the private attorney Gabriel decided to hire. He's older. I don't know. He's um,
2: early 70s. He's very passionate about the case.
1: She hired him because she felt like without someone there to advocate specifically on her behalf, she couldn't get good information. And Gabrielle says she wasn't sure her case would get the attention it needed. And several of the other women are considering hiring the same lawyer for those same reasons. Alexandra asked him what he thinks is the strength of this case.
0: If you don't have medical or forensic evidence, our law says that if victims at every instance uh, with the police in court always give the same version of what happened, that gives the case strength because it shows the person is not lying, that they're telling the truth. What also counts is that other people are saying the same thing, that this person hurt me as well. And that will give us a broader picture of their behavior to understand that uh, this person is capable of committing a crime.
1: Alexandra also asked him how many women have made an accusation.
0: I don't know how many other women may have accused him, but I know there are others that have been affected. This type of crime is violent, but on top of that, to have to go describe what happened to you in front of people, uh, even a judge, to have your conduct questioned—maybe if you hadn't been drinking, maybe if you hadn't gone out—this uh, kind of reproach. So, because of that, you'll have some of the women that won't report what happened to them. Y no
2: I can tell he feels strongly about this issue. Uh, he actually said, you know, more women are breaking the
0: silence. He used those words. Let's say in this case, even if nothing happens to him, at least we know we brought this to light. We can't consent to these things happening in silence. We have to encourage the women to break through their fear and say what happened. Que se va perdiendo el miedo a, a denunciar.
1: Is the court aware of the accusation of the one woman who's not an American citizen? No. Mm -hmm. I was told by
2: a source that the only other investigators they're working with, aside from Spanish investigators, are the FBI. And when I asked if they were aware of any citizens who weren't American, and they said no.
1: This woman we're talking about, Sophie Forsmark, wrote a statement almost two years ago accusing Manuel of drugging her and forcing her to have oral sex. She thought Spanish authorities had received it. Gabrielle sent the U.S. Embassy in Madrid Sophie's name almost two years ago as well. She told them Sophie had submitted a statement and may need guidance on how to move forward. So somewhere
2: in this chain, either it hasn't reached the Spanish justice system yet because it's various offices, so I don't know where the breakdown is, but there's definitely been a breakdown.
1: And this is exactly the kind of thing that Gabrielle has been worried about. That somehow, in all of this bureaucracy, things will be missed. A few months after Alexandra got back from Spain, Gabrielle reached out to Sophie because she told us she had a feeling that nobody was working on Sophie's case. She says she instructed Sophie to contact the prosecutor. So as of the release of this episode, presumably... The prosecutor is now, finally, aware of Sophie. But as Gabrielle says all the time, they wouldn't even know about a lot of these women if it wasn't for me. No one would care. Did you get any insight as to why Manuel hasn't been arrested yet in this process or what it would take for him to be arrested? Yeah. So,
2: well, first the source said, oftentimes people aren't arrested while the investigation is in process. And they said, look at Harvey Weinstein. Hmm. And that was
1: the example they gave me. A source told Alexandra there are a few reasons why Manuel hasn't been arrested. Because even though Spanish law allows someone to be detained while an investigation is being carried out, they don't think it's necessary in this case. One, Spanish authorities don't believe Manuel is a flight risk. He's
2: required to check in with the courts once a month. He's not allowed to travel, and he's been complying with that.
1: Two, they don't believe he will destroy evidence. And finally, they don't believe the women accusing him are at risk.
2: None of the women are here in Spain. And they also pointed out that he's closed his agency, which was the means by which he generally found... Many of his victims, that was their reasoning. And I definitely got the sense that unless he were to commit another crime, he's not going to be arrested
1: Hmm. at this point. Sources also told Alexandra that Manuel has been questioned by the prosecutor and that he's been compliant. Do your sources feel confident that the case is going to go to trial? I was
2: told 100 percent. That it would? Mm hmm. Yeah, one source close to the investigation said, I know it, I'm sure.
1: But even if the case does go to trial, that could be at least another year, maybe more. The investigation could be extended further. Spanish law allows it. And there are still so many women that need to be questioned.
2: I think one of the things, as I've been here talking to people and asking a lot of questions, you realize that doing things from a distance makes things more complicated.
1: It's difficult to say whether this case is moving slower than it should, even though that's what it feels like for the women involved.
2: You can't access information as easily as you can if you can go in person and talk to people face to face and... Some of the things just seemed different, you know, from this perspective from over here. That's the best way I can put it, is that Mm -hmm. what might seem one way in one country is read in a different way in the other.
1: In Madrid, Alexandra spoke to everyone she could who was working on this case. And we've spoken to so many of the women making the accusations. We've talked with their parents, their schools, their study abroad programs— but there's one person we haven't spoken to. Manuel texted you? Yeah. Up next, Alexandra heads to Seville.
0: Think on your feet for our fast and curious 5K, a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events.
1: After her time in Madrid, Alexandra took the train to Seville, the city where Manuel's company was based and where he still apparently lives. She messaged him that she was coming. He didn't respond. Seville isn't a small town, but Alexandra says it kind of feels like that. It's the kind of place where you know your neighbors. You know the owner of the local coffee shop. You know what's going on in your neighborhood.
2: I got to Seville last night, and one of the first places that I headed to went to this bar called Kiosco del Agua. I'd heard maybe I could find Manuel or Cristobal Torres, who people call Toba. I heard that Toba maybe
1: worked in this bar Toba is one of the tour guides who used to work closely with Manuel. He actually came up in a lot of our conversations with women. And while no one is accusing him of sexual misconduct, one woman did say she told Toba about Manuel's inappropriate comments and behavior on one of their trips. We wanted to see if Toba had anything to say. Where are you going I'm looking for um, Cristobal
2: Torres. Toba? Oh, Cristobal. Cristobal. Uh, Cristobal.
1: He, he was here...
0: One hour ago, but uh, he tell you
1: that he's coming
2: here? And or? they said, you know, he, just, he was just here like an hour ago. Uh, one hour ago, so yeah, I missed yeah, him by yeah. one hour? Yeah. Mm.
1: Do, you, do you want to call him or something? Hi.
2: But it turns out his brother works there now, so his brother called him up and handed me the phone. Yeah, oh, uh, Oh, he's on the phone? Okay, uh, hello, is this uh, Cristobal? Toba? See. Si? Um. And when I got on the phone with him... I, you know I, I told him who I was yeah my name is Alexandra Salomon. I'm a I'm a journalist with WBE it's a radio um so I'm working on a podcast story um, I, I wouldn't say he sounded angry but he sort of uh, just uh, talked for probably 10 minutes straight and I, it was hard to kind of get a, a word in edgewise you 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 haven't you say you haven't seen or heard anything because one woman told us that, you know, she came and told you about some, what she said was inappropriate behavior. Huh? He goes, oh, you know, this kind of stuff happens. I don't know anything about it, and I don't have anything to say. And he kept, he kept saying, Alexandra, I said, I don't want to talk to you. Alexandra, I said, I don't want to talk to you. Yeah, do you, yeah. No, I understand. Do you, do you still see Manuel? Are you still friends? And he didn't answer. And I said, can you tell me where to find him? Okay. well, if you if you do speak to him, you can tell him, you know, I'm here in Sevilla and and I'm looking, you know. And he said, if you want to find Manuel, it's really easy to find him here. He has a normal life. He's not hiding. It would be easy to find him. And he said, you know, I don't know anything about this story. It was a long time ago. I don't work with him anymore. You know, this story has affected my life. I've got nothing to say. Thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for. And then he hung up. Oh. Thank you. I appreciate. He wasn't very happy to have my call. I tell you that. He might be mad at you now for uh, calling him. So, disculpame if he's angry. I.
1: um, Do you know this story? Have you heard? Toba told Alexandra that if you want to find Manuel, it's really easy. He lives a normal life. And because Alexandra had been told by a number of people the places where Manuel hung out, she thought she had a good chance of finding him at one of these spots. She went to the gym where she'd heard he works out. Do you
2: have any idea where to find him now? I'm I'm looking for him.
1: No idea. No idea. No idea. She went to a restaurant he used to own. She went to the neighborhood where his company used to be located. There's a lot of businesses here near
2: Discover Excursions. I'm hoping somebody knows something. We'll see. People haven't wanted to say when they know them. We'll see. Hola, buenos tardes. How long have you worked here?
3: 20 years.
2: Ah, 20 years. Did you know the uh, travel agency Discover Excursions? That was... No? You don't know anything about it? No. You never saw him? No. Conoce el... No, no. Finish? That was a bartender. He called me in when he saw me with my recorder. He wanted to chat. And when I, when I told him what I wanted to talk about, he told me, finish, and he told me to leave. He didn't want to talk about Manuel Blanco Vela, but he's been working in the area for 20 years. He says he doesn't know him.
1: She went to another restaurant on that street.
3: I know him. He was a client of my bar. Mio, de mi bar.
1: The restaurant owner says that Manuel used to come to his place, but he doesn't come around the neighborhood anymore. Nunca más. She went to a bar she had heard he went to a lot, and where the owner knew him, but the owner really didn't want to talk about him.
2: Have you heard about um, this story of allegations against a man named Manuel yeah, Blanco yeah, Bello? Heard, yeah, on the press. Yeah. Here the allegations. Yeah, of yeah, all Sevilla. I was told he sometimes comes to this bar. Yeah, but I don't really know him.
3: I heard that he's spoke to the bar, I don't really know him.
2: And so you haven't seen him here recently? Not at all.
1: <laughs> Alexandra says that no one seemed to know where he was. And anyone who might have known didn't want to appear to have any association with him or the story whatsoever.
2: You know, when you ask people here, what they think about the story. Everybody will tell you how shocking it was that you just don't hear stories like that here. One guy said, you know, this is a city where people come to visit and it's not good for the women who have accused him and it's not good for the city, you know? It's not good for people who live here that this thing happened here. It's supposed to be a place, you know, where people enjoy themselves.
1: The only person Alexandra could find who knew Manuel and would talk is this guy named Jose Manuel Pradas, a friend who has known Manuel for over 10 years. He manages a bar in the center of Seville. When was the last time you saw him?
3: Probably like a month ago.
2: And is he working now? Do you know what he's doing?
3: No, I knew that two days after...
2: the accusation? After, yes. the, after the accusations came out? He
3: had to close the business, the discovery excursions. And I don't know what he does for, for living.
2: And you've seen him since the accusations came out. Did you ask him about it?
3: Yes. He said that he didn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, that's, as far as I know, that's what all he told me. I mean, he said it's not true. And I have a really close friend that believes him, so... I don't, I don't know what to say. You know, I wasn't there.
2: I'm trying to find him. I'd, I'd like to talk to him. I'd like to ask him about the accusations, but I'm, I'm having a hard time finding him. Do you have any idea where to, where to find him?
3: I mean, I guess that you have to call him and find out if he wants to, you know, do the interview. El número no contesta. Graba message mensaje después de la señal y lo enviaremos por SMS.
2: Hi, Manuel. This is Alexandra Solomon. I'm an editor at WB. I'm here in Seville this week. I'm hoping to talk to you about the allegations, the public allegations. Hi, Manuel. This is Alexandra Solomon calling again. Um, I just wanted to... You know, I've called him several times. I've left him voicemails. A couple times he hung up, but I got a text.
1: Manuel texted you? Yeah, he sent a text and it said, What's your email? And has he emailed you yet? No, not yet. While Alexandra waited for an email from Manuel, she kept looking around Seville for him. Eventually, she found his sister.
2: And I was like, oh, that's the first person who said a bunch of nice things about him. Everybody else, like, I have not had anybody spew this long list of niceties. So it was like, whoa, it was shocking. Do you know what I mean? It took me aback. Yeah. Like, the family seems close to me, and they're on his side. You know, she defended him and all of that.
1: Alexandra talked to her for a long time. She was really upset. This has clearly affected the family. How could it not?
2: sure this kind of thing is hard on families. You know, it it made me realize it's like when this sort of thing happens, I mean, they're all the victims, obviously, and all that, but then the people in his life are affected in in this way Mm -hmm. as well. I mean, she, she was crying.
1: They don't believe the accusations are true. She wouldn't tape an interview. But Alexandra asked her to pass along a message to Manuel, just in case he didn't already know that Alexandra was in Seville looking for him and that she really wanted to give him the opportunity to speak.
2: I mean, he definitely knows how to find me and if he wanted to talk, he would have talked.
1: Agreed, yeah. (sighs) I know. So where does that leave
2: us? (laughs) I mean, I don't know. You know, it feels a little like this big, unanswered question. I would have liked to have asked him face-to-face, you know, what do you have to say?
1: Eventually, Alexandra had no choice but to pack up her bags. But just as the train was leaving Seville, she got a long note from Manuel. Hang on, wait. I'm going to the bathroom so that I don't have to be in the middle of the train. Wait. Okay.
2: Let me try and put you on speaker and try not to touch anything in here. Wait, hang on. Okay. I have the phone on speaker. Okay. So um, let me read it to you. The thing is, it looks like you got help from a lawyer. Some of it seems lawyerly, so I'm doing simultaneous translation because it's all in Spanish so okay and I haven't had time to read it carefully so hang on and I'm just gonna kind of translate as I go so hang on all right. So right so first I want to thank all the all the journalists that have that have gotten in contact with me I have not given any statement until now and I will not give one after this communication I hope that
1: I hope that
4: you I hope that everybody understands because each mention of my name in the press and in social media destroys my life a little bit more and has caused irreparable damage to my loved ones. If you read the stories presented by these people who temporarily lived in Spain, stories that arise amid the global campaign known as Me Too, you will see that more than anything they reflect ill feelings over some vague and imprecise memories of moments of euphoria and or fun typical in nightclubs, at parties, or celebrations of groups of young people. I respect their internal crisis, but they can't outwardly project their problems by attacking people destructively on social media, or exposing them so they can star on morbid television shows with large audiences. I want to share the same message that I declared more than a year ago in court, and that is the only truth. All of the relationships that I've had throughout my life have always been with willing and consenting adults, without exception. Thank you again. I only ask that you please exercise maximum discretion and prudence in your reporting.
2: Use the maximum discretion and prudence with all the information you have.
1: Today, Alexandra left Seville. The U.S. Embassy in Madrid put out a second security alert about Manuel. It warned visitors that Manuel Blanco Vela is, quote, alleged to have targeted U.S. citizen visitors for sexual assault. In Manuel's response to us, He says he believes the women making these accusations are seeking attention and fame and that his life has been ruined as a result and that this is all happening because of the Me Too movement. We've heard those same things said about the Me Too movement here in the U.S. But Spain is also having a big countrywide debate Around this issue. Next time, Spain confronts its own Me Too when a court case leads to mass protests and a call to change the country's rape laws. I can't imagine one single person associated through the courts with a sexual assault case who would not have La Manada on their mind. Motive is a production of WBEZ Chicago. The show is produced by me, Candice Mattel-Kahn. The editor is Alexandra Solomon. Additional reporting in Spain by Carmen Ibañez Espinoza. The executive producer is Kevin Dawson. Our intern is Isabel Carter. Thanks to Colin McNulty and Joe Dessau for mixing. Thanks to the listeners whose financial support of WBEZ made this podcast possible. Subscribe to Motive wherever you get your podcasts, and leave a rating and review. It really helps other people find this show. Have you ever wondered why anyone drinks Malort? Or if there are actually lobsters in the Chicago River? Then listen to the Curious City podcast, where we answer all your questions about Chicago and the region. WBEZ's Curious City is part of the NPR network and available wherever you find your podcasts.